<laughs> you know, the missionaries we had here a couple of weeks ago that were headed to Georgia, you know, um, whenever they sent back a, a, a note and they talked about how our children, you know, talked about the children here and how that their kids just like opened up and were just like they'd always been here. And she said, and I, you know, me, I, we always, I try to fuss over, and Rhonda, of course, fusses over all the kids. And um, she said, that doesn't happen very often in other places, that they travel all over the country uh, and, you know, to different churches. And she said that this was the warm, one of the warmest churches for her family, the families that she had ever been in. And I was, I thought that's quite a compliment to you and to everyone for our children because um, our children are our life <laughs> and, you know, your life and they're just part of who we are and it's just so, it's so important that we nurture each other and nurture our children and, you know, brag on them, hug on them, bless them, pray for them, you know, that's, that's, that's important. That's our responsibility to do that. And it uh, doesn't matter if you don't have any kids. <laughs> My kids are all grown, so? <laughs> you know, hug on somebody else's. Be a grandparent, be a, be a friend to the children. And uh, because church should be the best place a kid ever could go. Amen? Yeah. So, turn in your Bibles. <laughs> Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. It's a wonderful life. It's not what I'm preaching on, but I thought I'd say that. <laughs> uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 39 to 56. This is a very, um, this week I was thinking about um, the awe, the uh, wonder of, of Christmas, and, but also the, what, what scriptures around the birth of Christ are ones that give us a sense of wonder or gives us a sense of awe. And of course, I, I think every one of the scriptures in the Christmas story do. But uh, today I'm looking at these particular ones, these particular verses in Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 56. Of course, I'll be referring to other ones uh, prior to that. So if you have your Bible, just stay open to that chapter. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and, greet, and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child, of, child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed. That, the Lord, that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. 
He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, and he has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. You know, wonder, the word wonder, uh, is a cause for astonishment. It is a word that means admiration, to marvel, or to stand in awe. So whenever we wonder, wonder as a wonder out under, <laughs> that's a Christmas song, uh, in case you didn't get the correlation there. Um, we, you know, whenever we read this and read the story of Christ and the birth of Christ, and, and we, we are in awe of, of, of what tra- transpires here. One of the things that uh, I think is so prevailing for the church and for um, Christmas and for the birth of Christ is that all of the prophecies and all the things that came to fulfillment in Christ and in the way that Jesus was born and in the whole sequence of events. If you go back over the, the, the centuries that are outlined in the Old Testament, there are, there are emphasis of, of, about uh, a virgin shall conceive and, and you call his name Emmanuel and is God with us. And that, you know, it, all these prophecies, you see, Jesus didn't just arrive on the scene and become this guy that uh, taught us uh, and gave us the, the, the impetus for the New Testament. Jesus is the prophetic ful- fulfillment of promises that began with Adam and Eve in the garden. Began, you know, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> I'm still not over that, uh, whatever. Um, but anyhow, how that, how that, the promises that were given to Abraham and to his descendants and to David and to, to, you know, to David's uh, line that there would be uh, someone on the throne of David forever. So this, this whole idea of the birth of Christ is, is so magnificent. It is so awe-inspiring. It is an astonishment. It is something to be admired. And whenever we are looking at this great, prophecy from the creator of the universe, it comes down to one teenage woman, uh, Mary, and her desire to um, allow what God has promised to be fulfilled in her life. Oh, you're not even going to touch it, dear. Wow, that was nice of you. Do you see how she did that? Just brought up there like this here. Usually she rolls on the floor and steps on it and says, here, <laughs> That's twice today I got her. Huh? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I zinged her twice today. I really love my wife. <laughs> I zinged her twice. I won't tell you what the preceding one was. But, uh, but I'm just kidding, dear. Thank you. She'll be. Never mind. Okay. Um, I'll just get, keep getting in trouble if I keep going. So 
you have all of these prophecies, you have all of these things that are outlined in the, you know, from the Old Testament and, and the coming of a Messiah and the coming of a Savior and a virgin shall conceive and it all comes down to this young woman named Mary. And Mary, at the, at the reading that we just accomplished, we have prior to this in verse 35, it says that, um, well, verse 34, Mary says, well, how can this, these things happen because I'm a virgin? And then verse 35, the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So we have this declaration that Mary doesn't understand the full impact or how all these promises or how um, this declaration, you're going to have a child. And Mary says, you know, well, how can this happen? The angel tells her. Then verse 36 says that even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, um, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. So there's another affirmation. You know, Elizabeth, you, you know, she is having a child. And then we have Mary and her response, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Then verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So here we have this young unmarried girl who is found with child. It's a polite way of saying she is pregnant, she is having a baby. And how will this happen? How will these things happen? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The wonder of it all, that the Spirit will come upon you to birth the living Word of God. John later calls him the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was born. Um, he came into this, this birth of Mary, this, this virgin conceiving. This all comes down to this, you know, and, and you know, what, what am I trying to say here is when the Holy Spirit moves upon your life and my life, the word of God of salvation, forgiveness of sin, the word of God for promise, God will never leave you nor forsake you, the word of God that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he shall quicken your mortal bodies, you see, every time these words of the Scripture come to your life, the Holy Spirit conceives them in your heart. Just as the Word of God comes to Mary, declared by an angel, that you are going to have a child, and she says, how can these things be? And the angel said, the Spirit will overshadow you. And Mary says, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me, even as you have said. That type of declaration, that type of faith, is something that ha has to happen in each one of our lives. Each one of our lives. The word of God, promises of God, are quickened to our lives as we hear them. But the Holy Spirit comes and births them, conceives them in our hearts so we can believe that that word 
It's for me. For my life. And for my future. You see, Jesus was born without the sin that entered into the world through Adam. And this is where we look at this. And Adam was, Adam was formed by God, but Adam disobeyed God. He sinned. Jesus was born of the Holy Spirit, just as Adam was created sinless. But in contrast, Jesus obeyed God and was able to face sin's consequences in our place. Adam sinned and brought sin upon us, well, Romans says it this way. Romans chapter 5 says, If one man's sin put, and I like this one, it says, put crowds of people at the dead-end abyss of separation from God, if one man's sin put, every, put the human race at the abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift, Jesus Christ, will do. If one man's sin puts us at the abyss of separation, one man's life, Christ, there's no comparison between the death-dealing sin and this generous life-giving gift that is in Christ. If death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes, this sovereign life, in those who grasp with both hands this wildly extravagant life gift, this grand setting, everything right that one man Jesus Christ provides. It is that life-giving gift that the Spirit hovers over our lives to conceive in our spirit and in our mind the magnitude of never being separated from God. And that God's promises are birthed in our life. The wonder of it all. The child in Mary's womb is the life-giving gift. This babe is the grace and the mercy of God extended to all mankind. The awe, the awe of what we are celebrating, the awe of the gift that is given to us. And because of this Jesus, we can trade judgment for forgiveness. Because of this Jesus, we are no longer at the abyss of separation. We are in a relationship with God in which the forgiveness and the grace and the mercy are born in our lives, in which we have hope and we have life. We trade our sins for his forgiveness and for his righteousness. And when Mary declared to the angel, may it be to me as you have said, she don't, she, I don't believe she had the concept of the magnitude of this decision. Be it unto me as you have said. You see, her decision touches our lives. Her decision reaches to our choices and leaves us at this point of awe and wonder. <laughs> you know, there's this song that's out. I guess it's been out about five years. And, and, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll read, I'm not going to sing it for you, please. You know that. Um, 
Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will calm the storms with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God? That's my favorite line in the whole story, in the whole song. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak. The praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? And this last um, stanza says, This sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. So here is Mary. Because of, because of this Jesus, we are transformed. Because of this Jesus, we trade our sins for his righteousness. And while Mary is saying yes to God, and she is going to see Elizabeth in these verses that we have read, Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting. And Elizabeth immediately recognizes that Mary was Mary's child was the Messiah because for Elizabeth had received a miracle in her own womb that her and her husband in old age have conceived. And she is bearing who will one day be John the Baptist, the one who will prepare the way for Mary's child. Elizabeth says, this is the mother of our Lord. Elizabeth's greeting confirms the message that Mary had received from the angel. The wonder, the awe. To Mary, her pregnancy seemed impossible. But for Elizabeth, in what she says in these verses, she declares that it is God who has spoken to her. And Elizabeth believed that the Lord's faithfulness and rejoicing in Mary's blessed condition. She rejoices in this condition that has come. And then in the next verse we have, we have what has been called the Magnificat. When Mary glorifies God in song for what he is, was going to do for the world through her. Mary glorifies God for what God was going to do for the world through her. And, you, and you, you think about, you know, you, as you read these stories, you know, you're sitting there and I was thinking about this, and it's like, can we believe, can we believe the same declaration for the word that has been birthed? 
conceived in our own lives. That God, can we rejoice and glorify God for what God is going to do for the world through you and I? What God is going to do for the world through us. When we say, well, we're not that important. But you see, it is, it is the... It is the hovering of the Spirit of God over us and we conceive the possibility of eternal life alive in us. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken your mortal body. We don't come by that knowledge because of an intellectual ascension to, to some level of intimacy with God. We come to that realization because the Holy Spirit has birthed, conceived that in our hearts, and we have believed it to birth it in our words and in our actions and in how we believe and how we live out our lives. It is, it is the Word of God being conceived in us by the Spirit. You see, David, do you know that the word in you is life eternal. And we could use our names and say, do we know that that word in you is life eternal? Jesus said, I will not eat this bread and drink of this cup till I do it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus is waiting for the day in which all of us will be present in his kingdom. And that is not an intellectualist ascension. It is the birth of the Spirit. Bring, it is the conception of God birthing that in our lives, bringing it to a, a realization that, David, did you know? And we stand in awe of what God is doing in those promises that he has placed in our own hearts. Promises of God conceived in our life by the power of the Most High overshadowing us. Promises of God. They come into our life to fulfill the will of God. They come into our life to fulfill the will of God for why we are here, why we are alive, and why our life matters, and why our life has purpose. God has never created anything without purpose. The Bible declares long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind and had settled on us as the focus of his love. These are the things that the Word speaks to us about just as there were prophecies about how Jesus would be born and how that his life would be lived and the death that he would, that the life he would have and the death he would have and the resurrection and the ascension and the promise of the Spirit coming, those were all there in the prophecies of the Old Testament. But so too are these declarations. Long before he laid down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind. David, did you know? Did you know that this Jesus 
that you proclaim as your Savior will save you from your sins. Did you know that that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, as, he, as that spirit dwells in you, he will quicken your body? David, did you know that you will never be separated from God? Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Neither life, nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor anything in all creation shall ever be able to separate you, remove you from God's hands. David, did you know? This is the Spirit's working in us and in our life. Elizabeth knew things were going to change. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is a child you will bear. Can we believe and declare, blessed is the word of God in my life? Blessed is this word in my life, because it is life-giving promises and life-giving spirit. It is life to us. It is it is that which we eat, it is that which we sing, it is that which we pray, it is that which we believe, it is that which is born in us. Not because we are in church, but because of the Spirit that speaks to us. The wonder of it all. The Word transforms our life. God creates you. God shapes you. God gifts you. He calls you. He saves us for a purpose. That's why the Bible says, give yourself completely to God, every part of you, for you are back from the dead and you must want to be tools in the hands of God to be used for his good purpose. Verse 38 says, Mary, Mary says this, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. So how did Mary feel about being used of God as the word of life is conceived in her womb? Verse 47 says, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. It's Mary's song. But you see, it is our song. My life glorifies the Lord. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Our time of worship, our time of singing, our time of, of lifting our hearts to the Lord is a time of glorifying God. The word is more than God's gift to you. It is the gift of God through us to those around us. Mary declares in verse 48, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Was Mary being proud? No. She was recognizing and accepting the gift God had given her. She was recognizing and accepting the gift that God was giving her and the difference this gift was going to make. If Mary denied the truth of God, of this gift to her, if she denied the position that God had placed her in, she would be throwing the gift of God's blessing back and casting him aside. Humility is accepting the gift 
and using the gift to praise and serve God. You see, when we take the word of God and apply it to our lives and accept it into our heart, we are like Mary. Mary, did you know your babe will be one day walk on water? That you will save our sons and our daughters? That you will give sight to the blind and will calm the storms with his hand and, and he, his, that he has walked where angels have trod? Mary, did you know these things? And her song, verse 46, and Mary said, I'm bursting with, good, with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Savior God. God took one look at me, and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others, his mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. The wonder of it all. Those who live in wonder and in awe of God are the ones to which he speaks. The word in you, this word alive in us, my soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. The wonder of God's birth in our life. Did you know? Do you know? <laughs> he has changed us forever. Be it unto me according to your word. <laughs> Think of all the promises that God has given us in this scripture. Think of all the promises that God has blessed us with. And the Holy Spirit has covered us or conceived those things in us. And that conception of those promises gives us hope and gives us life. Be it unto us as you have said. Hmm. Just, not just like Mary, but as Mary had to believe she received as we believe it is conceived in us amen <laughs>